0: Breaking it down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Ransom Notes. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Catherine Ransom, uh, the host and, uh, and longtime uh, Christian. Right? How 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 about that for an introduction? Longtime Christian, she's the author of the book Ransom Notes. She's the subject of the documentary Ransom Notes and also the visual Ransom Notes. Everything Ransom Notes is I, it comes back. I think we're redefining Ransom Note to be a positive rather than a scary thing and a uh, and a negative. Ransom Notes. Uh, each and every week, she's the host, and she was the subject of a long. Uh, uh radio uh series before she was her own host and i'm very proud to be here you can see us and well should you i should say you should, you can hear us on 104 different outlets Catherine ransom how are you
1: i am fine this morning or i guess it's afternoon here in illinois and uh it's beautiful outside we've had sort of a um uh, on-and-off day of uh, days in the past. One day, the Lord opens up his ocean and dumps it on us in th- three minutes, and then he shuts it off, and we have a little sun. And then the next day, it's pretty nice. Well, this is the nice day in a sort of an on-off rainy area, but certainly the farmers need the rain and the world, so we're glad to have it. And how's your day going?
0: Uh, so far, so good. I was, uh, you know, I, I spoke at... Brooklyn College earlier, and uh, and it was uh, it was wonderful, and it's always nice to interact with young people that are that are getting their lives and getting their careers going, and that's that's always a nice thing. I know you uh, you enjoy talking to young people and, and to to people in general, but you, you really uh you, you, you kind of have an affinity for uh, talking to to groups or to people that um you know you could impart some wisdom to. You you like that, and I like that.
1: Well, I think one of the things we forget about as seniors, and I certainly come under the classification of seniors, is that we sometimes think, ooh, our light bulb is just about out and my worth is nothing. And instead, we need to turn the batteries up and shine and help the young people by sharing in an appropriate way some of the hazards in life. And even more importantly, some of the joys that will make life uh, better, not only just physically and so forth, but particularly as it helps the kingdom. And if we don't set an example for our teens and 20s and 30-year-olds, who is going to do it? And I think that's your responsibility and my responsibility. We've had knocks. We've stubbed our toes, or at least I should say, I've stubbed my toe, and I'm guessing at times you've probably done the same, because most of us, you know, we make some mistakes in our life. Why not share that with kids? Why don't we let them know that life isn't always a happy, joyful thing, but it's balanced off with ways to help others and to do. So, yes, I do enjoy talking to kids, and but I enjoy talking to lots of people. So I guess maybe maybe I'm just a talker.
0: Yeah, well, it's. It, thank God for us. You are. And I, I, God made you that way for a reason. And, you know, whether it's a good occasion or a sad occasion, uh, it's important to have people there who could, who could get words across uh, for many things that we are feeling. The rest of us are feeling. Maybe, maybe some of us uh, don't have the ability to get up there and talk to people
1: you mentioned the word that uh, you used the word sad in your comments there and this week i i had some moments of sadness a very good friend of mine um who was not oh he was probably in his 70s died after four or five years of really really tough uh existence and i think we probably thought he might go away most any moment and i was able to be with him near the near the very end and had the privilege of sharing some thoughts about him uh, Friday at the funeral. But in amongst all of that, I read a little piece about three gifts that we should share with people who are grieving. And I need to figure out how to share those with his wife because these three words probably would help every person who's trying to help a friend. I I know when I was giving final hugs at the graveside and to people and whispering into the daughter's ears and the wife's ear and suggesting and talking and encouraging, I guess would be other words. But these these three gifts that we need to share were I found by someone by the name of Chris White. I have no idea who Chris is, but I liked his three points. And he said, the first thing we need to do is to share prayers. That oftentimes, if you're grieving, you really need someone to help you connect with the Lord. And just hours before John died, I had been in the hospital to visit. I knew they had were getting ready to put him into hospice, and the hospice was going to be at home, so I scurried up to the hospital, and as I sat there holding his hand, and he he knew I was there, but he really couldn't talk to me, but we had prayer. The family was standing there, and in the prayer, I tried to include not only comfort to John and petitions to the Lord to uh, take care of him and watch over him, but also to be with the family, because because one of the things I want them to do is to remember both that it's all right to be sad. It's all right to have tears. The Lord gave us tears, but we need to balance our memories with tears, with joy, and remember the things that are great memories about John and he was a henry harry potter fan and he loved cats and had 17 of them in his home at once and uh so there were joyful things about john so so we, we tried to do that and they got him home and he had barely gotten home and they hadn't even gotten the hospital bed there that had been ordered before he died and 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 It it was with mixed feelings because he had been in so much pain for so long. We don't need to go into that. But anyway, prayers are one of the first things that we should share with people who are grieving. And then it says presence. You just need to be there. Sometimes when somebody's grieving, you don't need to talk to them. You just need to be there. And I think of Job when he was had all of his in the Bible when he had all of his challenges and problems and he lost his family and he lost his possessions and some of his friends just came and they just sat with him and part of the time they said nothing but it was an encouragement and part of the time when I was in the hospital we didn't say anything it was just quiet time they just knew Somebody else was there that cared. I tell you, John. I mean, Frank. Frank I'm sorry. I'm thinking of John. I yeah, apologize. Yeah. We uh, of, yeah. it, that we we just need to help people know that somebody cares, and you don't have to even hug if you're in, if, You know, if that's not a, 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 a an appropriate thing for the moment, it may be a handshake. It may be uh, a public prayer, as we've talked about. And then the third thing was sort of interesting that this Chris White suggested, and it was another one that started with the letter P, with prayers and presents, physical memorials, that sometimes it's great to have some reminder of that person you loved. And sort of, I probably would have done it anyway, but These three words reminded me. And so I went to the greenhouse, and on behalf of the class of which John was a part at church, I purchased and took out to them an evergreen tree that was just a tree and suggested that if the family couldn't uh, put it in the ground, I would find somebody to come in and dig a hole. But I called it the Tree of Remembrance, And so that every time they looked at that tree, I'm hoping that they will remember John. They will remember the seeker's class to which he and his wife enjoyed coming to and were so faithful when he was well, that it will be a tree of reminder. And of course, that sinks in with that Christ died on the tree, the cross, and we remember that. Remembering an The object isn't what we remember. The object isn't what we worship. But it is the trigger that makes our brain remember. And there is a time for grieving. There is a time for remembrance. There is a time for memory. And prayers and presents and physical memorials sometimes need to to help or can help. Does that make sense, John? Uh, you're going to be John all that's
0: day okay. today. Yeah, I, I'm honored. You know, he sounds like a good man, and it sounds like, uh, you know, he's on your thought. But, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, you can call me John all you want. You're thinking about your friend, who you just lost, and uh, you know, it, look, so many people forget so quickly once somebody passes, and you know, you're 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 doing all the right things, uh, but to you know, to, to what you just said there, I think those are three wonderful, uh, wonderful reminders and and things that we can give. And the fact that they're all peas makes it easy. So uh, Chris White, you said, is that his name, Chris White?
1: Yes. Yes. I And I don't, I really don't know. I suppose I should do a little research sometime on who Chris White is. But uh, uh, I'm sure he's a lovely guy.
0: Yeah, if he came up with those thoughts uh, that you're imparting to to other people, and, and certainly sounds like a sounds like a wonderful person, all, all of that, everything that you just said there, I, I think is important. Uh, a lot of uh, you know younger people, and I don't know that how many younger people we're speaking to. Probably more people my age and your age, and 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 there's some young people I, I know uh, listen, but uh, you know the the idea that. Uh, when you when you come in and you're just there, and I love the the part about the presence, you know, to be there and be aware. In fact, I I've taught my four children, um, and and again, this is by by no means judgment on anyone who says it, because it's so common to say, "I'm so sorry for your loss." Uh, you know, I've said it, but uh, what I've what I've tried to tell my uh, my kids is like when you go to a when you go to a funeral, when you go to a wake. Just uh, to say, look, call me if you need anything at all. I'm here for you, but don't say the words "I'm sorry." And the reason I stopped doing that is I remember when I was very young, uh, a a friend of ours uh, lost their mother, and I remember somebody walking up to uh, to that person and and you know young person and saying, "I'm so sorry." And and the guy stopped. He says, "I'm sorry. I don't mean to be rude. I I'm, I know you're sorry." Uh, thank you very much for being here but i i just i i i'm just trying to keep my head together and trying to do this and ever since that time i i've tried not to say it and i've tried I, I don't know why and i don't know if i'm right or wrong but i i figure the people figure we are sorry because they're there and what i always try to say is is we're here for you if you need something we're here for you and in a sense that's what uh, what Chris is what Chris White is saying about presence, you're there, you're you're there. The uh, you know the next part about uh, putting something there, putting something that uh, of remembrance there. I I think that, you know that's wonderful too. That that tree is a reminder that that John's life uh, was here and it's a continuation and maybe in some ways uh, another living thing will uh, will continue and and be there. Um, I, I also love when people say and again again to each his own how people handle different things it's to each his own but i i always loved when when people say we're going to celebrate his life or we're going to celebrate her life and i i've always loved that attitude towards it and i don't think you know one size doesn't fit all i don't think all and everyone should be the same way you know by the way i went to one man's um wake and it was and I brought my kids and it was an Irish wake and they were wondering what the heck how bad was this guy they're all celebrating his death you know and it's uh, and, you know obviously it's not true an Irish wake is uh, you know drinking and singing and and dancing and celebrating and uh, you know if the people decide to go that way uh and that's what they wanted then fine I have an aunt I have an aunt who said that she 's going to request that everyone come in yellow and pink and bright colors no black she doesn 't want any black for her uh, for her wake or her uh, uh, her uh, funeral that she wants all and you know whatever anybody wants, but the fact that you are passing this on and uh, and and Chris white is uh, is creating this, I think is wonderful because we always are searching for ways to deal with mourning and,
1: and how do we help other people mourning. Well, and, and there's no doubt that there's tears and sadness, and, but I think you're right. I think today, generally, when you look at the obits in the paper and or when you hear about a service, more and more it's, it's being called a celebration, as opposed to a funeral, because we—it is a time to remember um, moments of uh, relationships and moments of, of joy. I know he had asked that I make comments at the funeral, so I was the other person that spoke that Friday, and I—I I spent quite a lot of time thinking about what to say, and my remarks. I sort of settled down and I I shared some words with him that triggered uh, an event or a characteristic. And about half of them uh, would be joyful, fun things like one of the words was cats because everybody knew John loved cats. And he he, uh, took in strays and he went to the orphanage and rescued cats. He called them all Harry Potter names, so we talked a bit about that, because he was a real Harry Potter fan, and uh, one word that I used was blueberries, and I think maybe we talked about blueberries one time, but he, they had taken him to see his son in Tennessee just a few weeks before he died, and the the his uh, daughter-in-law raised blueberry plants, and so she had all these blueberries and sent Them back with john and Vonnie to to illinois and as they're coming into town i get this call and say we've got some blueberries for you and i go down to the car thinking i'm going to get a couple little quarts of blueberries which i adore i love and they knew that and instead i get this giant box that has six or eight pints of blueberry jelly blueberry pie mix and three giant bags of frozen blueberries Because the daughter-in-law had 50 blueberry plants. So I tried to share interesting and great things about him that were a celebration. But I tried to balance that out, and I knew I was going to bring tears, and I did. Because I think it is a balancing act. And if people keep all of their grieving on the inside, then they're not going to be able to sort of work their way back in to society and into their regular but i think to say don't ever think about sad things about him forget that's not good either oh. it, it, it's got to be a balance and uh, well changing the subject though yeah. uh, the other day i was reading rereading it came to my mind and i'll tell you why it came to my mind the piece in matthew the the uh, Seventh, uh, the uh, Matthew. I've got. I've got to find the the exact verse here. Matthew seven five came to mind, and I'm going to just share a bit of it. Doesn't take long. Let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye. You hypocrite. First, take it out of your own eye. And I thought of that scripture the other day when I was in the bathroom getting up the other morning, and suddenly, suddenly. I almost screamed out. There was something in my eye. And I tried to sort of rub it out. I couldn't even leave my eye open enough, long enough to get whatever it was. I grabbed some eye drops and uh, I tried to put them into it, thinking that would wash it out. Didn't. I mean, it was terrible, the speck, which couldn't have been, you know, but just a teensy little thing, because there's not room in your eye for anything big. And And then I splashed it with water and got the towel and sort of rubbed it and finally, you know, got the speck out. I couldn't do anything until I got that speck out. And I thought, how true when we look at Matthew and we want to try and say to somebody else, you are doing this wrong or my goodness, you're hating somebody or you, you put the strawberry jam on top of ice cream and you shouldn't do that or whatever it is that you're complaining about or telling people they shouldn't do, uh, I'm making up the ice cream bit. Uh, it, before you, without looking first and trying to take the speck or the thing that you're not doing that's real well out of your own life, it could not have been the more visual vivid example of that scripture by matthew that there was no way i was going to talk to you about anything until i got that pain out of my eye i the the lord couldn't have given me a better illustration than what happened i'm just glad that i did eventually get out because otherwise i was ready to call the eye doctor because i couldn't open the eye at all without it, it was it was yucky, Frank. It was just really, really yucky. And uh, But it's all over. And now whenever I look at Matthew 7, 5, I'm going to think of those few seconds when uh, my eye was not cooperating because I had a, a log in my eye, so to speak. And I shouldn't be taking the speck out of yours at that same time. Have you ever had have you ever had something in your eye that just really was yucky?
0: Yeah, no no doubt. Actually, anytime anything's ever been in my eye, uh, it it's been yucky. Um I've um I you know, I I I don't even, you know, like you, it's a helpless feeling almost. Yes, you can have Visine or or some kind of eye drops to to get them in, but yeah, it's you, you. can't do anything else until it's it's gone. It's not like well, just ignore it; it'll go away. Ho ho ho! It's not like that. It's not stubbing your toe, and it'll hurt for a little while. And oh boy, that's smarts, and whatever. It's something in your eye, and I think uh, Matthew, uh, you know, uh, puts it so well. And I, you know, I know that was an analogy. I know that was uh, that means many uh, many bigger things and and other things but it's it is an interesting example that uh you know like what can you do you know here you are you're you're ready to maybe share some wisdom you're whether ready, ready to do something. and 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 all of a sudden you get this this feeling the fact that you almost went to the doctor with it w- will you know point out how bad um it was uh, you know I mean you're a person who' survived uh heart trouble and heart surgery and and Bounced right back on that horse and 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 got out of there. You're not a you're, you know, you're not a lightweight. You're not a uh, wallflower. You're you know you're tough. You're a tough lady, and but uh, but boy, a little tiny speck uh, going in your eye could uh, could take down an elephant. I mean, an elephant could uh um uh, you know be uh, be uh, you know bothered that a giraffe something giant uh, could be. Uh, you know, your eyes are so vital to you, and especially us as people, it's 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 everything. And may you know, maybe every once in a while, the Lord wants us to get something in our eyes, so we'll we'll uh, understand how difficult it is for those who can't see, and it's it's a reminder. Hey, uh, you know, take a look and be appreciative of what you have. Uh, a lot going on there, and uh, it's yeah, it is it is devastating to have something in your eye. Do you have any idea of what it was when you got it out, or did you
1: never see it? No, I I never I never saw anything, uh, whatever whatever it was. I mean, I'm sure it was just the teeth, but it had to be sort of firm. Uh, but I I don't have any idea. But it you know the Lord was so good in his parables, to use everyday examples. I think effective ministers are ones, and that's not the only way to be effective, but one way that some ministers are very effective, I'll put the sentence that way, is when they use very personal examples like parables that in turn teach the lesson that they then want to bring out from the scripture. The Lord did it all the time. He talked about Planting in the soil. He talked about pathways that were easy and muddy and rocky and thorny. He, you know, he was constantly using parables. I think that in the way the Lord said, Okay, Kathy, I'm going to give you a parable to use that you can put in conjunction with the parable and the story I told about taking the speck out of your own eye before you try to take something out of somebody else and correct them. But which leads me to another thought. You and I are both people of n- not few words. You enjoy talking, and I think everybody knows that I enjoy talking. Yeah. But now let's pretend you had to try and get a really good message across or the, or to stimulate thinking, and all you had was six words. Could you get a real and I'll give you an example this one isn't a major one, believe me, but think about it six words for sale, baby shoes never worn hmm. so in, <laughs> yeah in six words think what? think of the think of the message that that sends. Some mother is selling a pair of shoes yeah.
0: I got it. Never that worn. have never been worn. That sounds like that Okay, passed I, away.
1: That's right. Or, I like this one because it's sort of appropriate for this day and age of the, of the virus. Work from home, still always late. Mm. <laughs> Just think, this guy must be, or gal, whoever made that one up, must be someone that tended to be tardy when they went to school or work or whatever yeah. it was. Work from home still always late. I don't know how you'd be late when you're at home you're already there, but I guess you don't get into the the computer to do your work or whatever
0: that's the only thing it could be but wow that's that is funny you don't have to you can't say you got caught in traffic you know something happened you know i got I got caught in the uh in in the bathroom traffic in my home and too many people, you know not unless you have one bathroom for three people or whatever it is yeah. Right, uh, that that is that is very funny. Uh, in contrast to baby,
1: baby shoes never won. I mean, that's uh, th- that's heartbreaking. If you- yes, it is. Yeah. But sometimes we have to talk about heartbreaking things. You, you talk about one bathroom for three. Growing up, we had one for four, and my father did not take a short amount of time in there. So, right. I know at our home we. We as the kids would always try and get in the bathroom before he did because then we would be late because whatever. But that's, that's taking a large detour on this. Okay, now think of when you go to communion and, and uh, if you attend church, most people, sometimes they have it weekly, sometimes they have it monthly, sometimes they have it quarterly. But when, one of the phrases that's often used, but it's so important when we're taking the Lord's Supper, six words do this in remembrance of me do this in remembrance of me isn't it amazing what messages you can get across with six words obviously we need the lord's supper is to remember the death and the burial and the resurrection the blood that jesus shed the bread represents his body The grape juice represents, or wine, if you use wine, uh, represents his blood. And we don't just drink it so you can have a teeny snack in the middle of a sermon. We do it because it's a time, it's a token way to sort of remember. And I just think it is incredible that sometimes I use too many words. Maybe I need to spend the whole week just thinking in phrases of six Wow.
0: Wow. That's
1: fantastic. How about do what you love to do? Do what you love to do. Ah, so how would you answer that one? First is just as Frank, and then if you were answering it as a Christian, I mean, in addition, as a Christian.
0: Do what you love to do. Oh, I don't know, in six words, if I could answer that. But Well, I... no, just you could just, say, just answer. What, yeah. would you, what, what, what
1: would come to your mind that you just love to do?
0: I mean, I, I love nature. I love spending time with, with, uh, with people. I love. I, I'm in right right now. I'm uh, when we're done here. I'm going to go in and see my uh, my uncle's girlfriend. They've just uh, set him. A, uh, they they quarantined him. He's across the street. He's a 91 year old girlfriend, and he's across the street in rehab. And now they closed it down because of uh, COVID again. So I would love to make sure that they know I'm here or that somebody's there for them. You know, I, I love that. I love helping people who need it. I love doing what I did earlier today, and and speaking to that class. Uh, listen, I love the Lord. I love the Lord in in action, and and uh, you know it, the Lord is constantly in action. I love nature. I love watching nature unfold. I love all of those things.
1: A, so I've got I've got the six words for you then. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I love nature, Lord, caring, helping.
0: Those that's great. That's
1: those great. so you so you can jot those down. On, you you know what you could do? You could tattoo those on your forehead. Yeah, right, right. In, it, it could be a, it could be in small letters. You know, maybe just under the edge of your hair, and people would. No, I'm teasing. I'm just teasing. Uh, <laughs> but but six words. It is sort of amazing what what we can do when we think about. So I'll encourage our listening audience to think about how would you describe yourself in six words. That 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 would that would sort of send a message of what you were really like, and it might be like or I care for or you, you know you could use different words. Uh, but just to sort of close this off this evening, have you heard what Japan government has just appointed?
0: Yeah, well we spoke about this a little bit, but you tell us it's you've done a lot more research than it than I did on it. I just kind of heard it in passing. You've you've actually confirmed it
1: well i thanks to you and i did do some research they have now appointed a position called minister of loneliness wow, wow. you and apparently they have had uh, a a a very large increase in mental health causes and in the suicide rate especially since the virus, since COVID-19 appeared. And in order to try and begin to stall that uh, influx of mental health problems and suicides, I guess they are appointing this minister of loneliness because that's what is causing a great deal of those. People are isolated they can't get out of their homes large family gatherings for some time have been restricted some more restricted in some places and countries than others that it just shows though frank what what i suppose you and i have chatted about many weeks is that we need each other we were not created by god to be lone rangers we really were given a tongue to talk to people we were given the capacity to love others he he caused us to cry when somebody that we know has a difficulty or there is a death we learn to hug the smile of little babies show us and small children that they smile when they see us or they see their pet kitty Uh, connections To be alone, and who is alone? And one of those groups of people are so many my age that they've begun to get physical ailments. They've been financially disabled. They have lost their driver's license. They no longer can even maybe make it to church, even though they may listen to it over the radio or TV. But I'll clue you that is helpful. But that's not the same as being able to go and gather together with fellow people who love the Lord and smile and shake hands and give hugs and chat for three minutes about what vegetable you cooked that morning for lunch or the the friend that is having illness or whatever it is you exchange before you or after you worship. It's all important. Loneliness is a bigger concern than many people realize and yet every single person that is alive can help someone else be less lonely because you don't have to drive to pick up the phone or the or the computer or your an email or to drop a note or to wave as they go by there are ways to connect we just have to find them. And it isn't just seniors. It's a, f- a friend of mine who is a high school young lady, has a loving family, great family. She has three brothers who are cripples. She has a mother and a dad who love her. But she is lonely for other teens, people her own age. There's, there's this whole collection, but we forget that one of the pieces of us is that we need people who are like us, to be near us. She's a teenager, and she's very bright, and so she does, doesn't quite fit in sometimes with her fellow teens. She, in a way, is lonely, and that's why, once in a while, she her mother brings us, her to the ice cream store, and she, the three of us have a chat. She just enjoys being the center of attention or getting a free ice cream or maybe just knowing somebody cares enough to come out of their way and sit and have some time together it doesn't have to be incredibly great or costly it means c-a-r-e i care and that's sort of my bottom line for this week care it's amazing that
0: that uh, you've put so much thought into this, and this is this is what we need. We could all be our you know own ministers of loneliness, and if if we did, maybe there'd be no lonely people. If we if we went out of our way, what you do with that young girl, and you know to to go out and to sit there and to have some ice cream and 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 focus on her, it's so valuable. It's so valuable to do that with someone, and and you just you have no idea what. Uh, what can happen to a person if they feel like no one cares at all? And uh, it's just wonderful. You 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 do so many wonderful things with your with your life. What a well spent life, and still going strong. Catherine Ransom, everyone is your host each and every week. Ransom Notes is the name of the show. Uh, the visual Ransom Notes you can see once a month. You can see the documentary. You can hear the long radio series, but more importantly, listen. Uh, to the uh, to, to the current show, Ransom Notes. Catherine is our host, and she's the author by the book of Ransom Notes. A wonderful lady and a wonderful Christian. And please, uh, you know, feel free, feel free to, uh, to share your thoughts with us. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see everyone next time on Ransom Notes.